Welcome in, <laughs> Husker Extra <laughs> Podcast. Apparently, Sipple was ready to start and didn't want to tell anybody else. Yeah. Uh, Chris, there's Parker. There's Steve. This sort podcast, of reckless. You are sort of reckless. You know who's not reckless is Tom Dinsdale Automotive, Grand Island, and Hastings. They're the sponsors of this podcast. They might be reckless for sponsoring this podcast. I don't know. But we <laughs> helping us out. And be sure and check them out if you're in the Grand Island, Hastings area. Uh, as always, a lot to talk about. We're going to touch on several things. Nebraska basketball's conference schedule came out today. Football team's got a game against Illinois this weekend. The black shirts were handed out this week. Luke McCaffrey is the starting quarterback. And, and I what guess else is new? What else is new? Yeah, let's maybe start there. Let's start with let's start with young Luke uh, getting his first career start. Was was okay, I think. Did a did a decent enough job moving the offense didn't blow anybody away with anything didn't have spectacular stats but but got the job done I'll just start there with you guys what what do you think Luke takes away from that game going forward well you know what he took away a W that's pretty good um yeah. and you know I mean let's face it that's a lot of it he you know he didn't he did throw a late pick where he was hit, but he did, he kind of avoided disaster and on most fronts, he always runs the ball well and he ran the ball pretty well. I don't know. It wasn't spectacular. I mean, I don't, I don't think I would, I would frame it up that way. In fact, life's really interesting. I was listening to a national show early Monday morning, a national radio show. And uh, it was Tom Luganville, and he was asked by his co-host, what was your big takeaway from Penn State, Nebraska? And Luganville said, well, I think Nebraska found its long-term solution at quarterback. Mm. That was a really interesting comment, um, in part because I, don't, I didn't agree with it. Um, but that whole conversation is interesting, and it's ongoing. I don't, I don't know that you can say Nebraska has found its long-term solution. I think they found a short-term solution and now we just got to see where it goes. Yeah. That's kind of what, I mean, if I, I think that I, I follow along similar lines, the thing, thing about Lucas, I mean, he played like largely, he didn't make the big mistake. Like you said, you know, I mean, he threw the pick and that was unfortunate. They had a shot play dialed up. It was a wheel route to Austin Allen and it was fast. I mean, fast pressure. Right. And it was right as he let the ball go. So he wasn't being reckless with the football. Um, that, it was just he got hit as he threw, and and um, I think it was Jason Oway uh, ripped past Bryce Benner pretty pretty quickly and got right on him as he tried to throw the ball. So um, and there was pressure from the other side too. I mean, it was uh, it, it was that was Penn State that forced the issue on that play. I thought um, he was pretty steady, and I thought one of uh, Matt Lubick's more interesting answers was about how on, on Tuesday when we talked to him was about how McCaffrey handled playing an entire game. And we've seen him in stretches, of course, a little bit last year, and then in sort of a jack of all trades role. Uh, and then in the fourth quarter against Northwestern, but, you know, we'd never seen him play a full football game where he's on the field every snap with the offense. And uh, Lubick was really impressed with the poise that he showed and the way that he just kind of kept playing, you know, and, and it's, and, and then the pace that he played with within that. And so I think that there's definitely, I mean, the kids obviously got promise there, there's, there hasn't really been much doubt about that. They've been committed to giving Luke McCaffrey the opportunity to play quarterback here instead of using him at another position where maybe he could have helped more um, last year or even at the beginning of this year. 
Um, and that you can see why, I mean, he's got, he can really run it. Uh, he makes quick decisions. There are a couple of things like, a there was a, there was a, 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 a play they ran where he threw a ball hard over the middle and it got batted down and it was to Alante Brown. And you could see the way the defense played Alante Brown had ran sort of like a crossing route and maybe eight yards down the field and McCaffrey threw it right on a line. It got batted down and Alante Brown had a lot of room to run. It's what it looked like from the, from the TV version. And so if he puts just a, if he just layers the ball over the linebacker, you're talking about a chunk play and nobody's asking, Hey, why hasn't Alante Brown caught a pass yet? And all of this, the sort of chain reaction of that. But the thing about, McCaffrey that's sort of interesting is he literally looked to the sideline and he went like he you know clapped his hands together and he went like this with his hand like he understood immediately he just went like this and then he went on to the next play and you could tell he understood crap I should have thrown that ball differently than I did you know he's going to learn fast so I think it was a promising first start obviously he did enough to help the offense you know put itself in position to, to win the game. Um, and I'm very interested. We get, we're going to talk more about Illinois, but very interested to see what the offensive approach looks like this weekend, because it's a team that Nebraska, Illinois is a team that Nebraska hasn't been able or hasn't been afraid to play wide open against the past two years. Yeah. That's, that's where I was going to go with it. Parker. He, he did well enough against Penn state. Now he's going against a defense that, that couldn't stop you or I from completing 60% of our passes basically. So what's yeah, his, 74% completion percentage yeah. they're allowing so far this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's an, it's an insane number. So what does it look like then? You know, we saw what Adrian Martinez did last year when he was struggling last year and just went supernova and then basically kind of reverted back to, to struggling again after that game. So yeah, it's, is he the long-term answer? I don't know. You know, I, Maybe if if Nebraska goes on a run here down the stretch and Luke's the guy at the controls, then, then maybe he is. Who knows? But, you know, it's it's nothing that none of us didn't see. He, he didn't have the huge disaster when he did throw the pick. His defense bailed him out and he and he learns fast and, and he makes stuff happen. The left handed throw to, to Marvin Scott and, and everything else. So, yeah, it's. It's, it's going to be interesting, Parker, like you said. What's he going to look like when he's not going against a defense that's, you know, one of the best, you know, 15, 20 defenses in the country? Because that's basically what Nebraska's faced so far, you know. And, and now you, you're past that gauntlet, and maybe it starts to look a little different. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what it looks like on Saturday. Well, one of the things that is, that is interesting about Luke, you know, he was 13 of 21 on – uh, Saturday, and that that's his lowest completion percentage by a long shot in, in the very – I mean, we haven't seen him play all that much, but I think he's – I think his career number is somewhere around 70%. And he's a guy that, like, when you watch him play, you know, his he's still – he's 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 an athlete that's learning how to play quarterback. Obviously, he's a quarterback at this point, but he doesn't look like a guy who's been playing quarterback since he was a middle schooler because he's not right. I mean, he played a lot yeah. of wide receiver in high school um, and, and he started at quarterback his uh, senior year, basically full time. Um, and so when you watch him, I mean, th- he doesn't look like Trevor Lawrence throwing the football, you know, but no, he does not look like Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> but the interesting, right. I, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. Right. He, he sort of holds it out away from his yeah. body a little bit. Not and, quite. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it like, it doesn't, yeah, it, it doesn't, he doesn't look like, uh, he doesn't look like that at this point in his career. 
but he always seems to complete a high percentage of his passes. When you watch him throw the ball, like ball placement wise at this point, I don't think I would make the argument that he's like a pinpoint passer at this point, but for the most part, he's getting the ball where it's supposed to go. And again, when we talk through the one to Alante Brown and, you know, he had an interception and, and he threw a bad one uh, against Northwestern on the goal line. Like it's not perfect, obviously, but I find it interesting. Like at some point, the numbers don't lie and we'll see if it's just a small sample size or what, but at some point, the numbers don't lie that Adrian Martinez has continued to regress in the, um, the just the sheer volume of passes and the percentage of passes he's completing while Luke McCaffrey is completing, you know, 60% bad day uh, for him. And so if he stays in that like mid sixties or up towards 70% range, I mean, it can be hard to take him off the field. Yes. <laughs> Great call, Chef. <laughs> All right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, we kind of, I kind of touched on it a little bit ago, but the defense bailed Luke out, bailed the offense out after the interception, the, the black shirts were handed out uh, this week. Um, some people think it's a big deal. Some people not. Eric Shenander keeping it in-house, as he said, during the during his press availability this week. Um, I mean, everybody's got their own opinions on it, I guess. But the defense yeah. the defense did what they needed to do, right? They, they kept Penn State out of the end zone late. They had those two critical red zone stops at the end of the game. They held Penn State to a couple field goals on a couple other trips in the Nebraska territory. They gave up the yards, but they didn't give up the points. And, you know, like, like Shenander said the other day, the first thing he, the first stat he looks at when he's evaluating his defense is did they win the game or not? And they won the game. So I think, I think you take that as a success. They scored a touchdown, of course, with the fumble return. They set up a field goal with Cam Taylor Britt's big interception return. And I think you're kind of starting to see maybe what this defense, what Eric Shenander, what's this defense to, to look like? It's never going to be perfect, and it's never going to shut a bunch of people out or anything, but it made a bunch of plays, and it gave Nebraska's offense a shot to win the game. Yeah, he played down the black shirts. He played down giving out the black shirts, which is, was a, the right way to do it. I mean, they gave up 500 yards. Um, they did – I mean, they, they did a lot well, uh, but they gave up 500 yards, and they rank 84th nationally in total defense. I don't know if – you need a big hype up video that the black shirts came out when you, when you rank 84th nationally in total defense, I think you play it down and he might play it down anyway, but, yeah. um, I, and I think that's the way to do it right now. I, I get that whole, his commentary about not everything needs to go to social media was really refreshing. Okay. And I'll stop now. Cause I know what you're thinking grandpa is going to get on his pedestal and I'm not, but I, I, I just, think we should I get just, rid of all social media. So um, <laughs> we're talking, we're similar. We're talking about Parker, that. I think I actually believe it. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that a couple of weeks ago when we were on the road, but that's probably a conversation for another day. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I thought that was a good way to do it. And, but I, I'll tell you what, I, I know I said what they said, what I said, they rank 84th nationally but there's progress on that side of the ball. You yes. can see it. And that's all, I mean, stats are stats and all that, but um, man, you can see it. There's just progress. They're, they're rallying, they're getting to the, they're rallying to the ball, which is the first thing I looked for all the time. And they hit, they, they're actually pretty hard hitting defense. I got four or five guys that will really stick it to you. And there are some other, there's some guys that are just having really good seasons. Jojo Doman, He's having a good season. Ben Stilley's having a good season. 
I think Cam Taylor Britt's having a pretty good season. Uh, so that that's a good start. And they, if they can play well on defense and special teams, they should be in most games. Here's the thing about the, that, I, that my mind goes to with the defense at this point in the season. I mean, Nebraska in the last two games has scored 43 points total, right? 30 against Penn State, 13 against uh, Northwestern. The defense scored seven of those, and they basically handed 14 of them to the offense, uh, 10 of them to the offense. And Nebraska didn't cash in the touchdown um, that they should have this past week. But I mean, that's, you know, 17, a lot, a, that, that's a good chunk of their points that the defense has basically directly accounted for. Um, and when you're making plays like that, you know, if you give up 60 yards on a drive and it ends with an interception that goes 55 yards the other way, like who cares about the yards? I mean, you know, yards are going to come. Um, if, if you can consistently make those plays and some defenses can and some can't. So that has to continue. The other thing I would say is, and I don't, I don't want to sit here and make it sound like they're the 85 bears, which of course was before I was alive. Uh, Sipple would remember. That. Sipple is 52. Um, <laughs> but, oh, here it goes. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, I was in college. I was in college. Um, so ni- 91 snaps and three of them, three snaps, two big run plays, one that went for a touchdown. And then the broken play to, um, or the, the bus, one busted coverage and went 74 yards for Pat Fryermuth. That's 139 yards right there. And don't get me wrong. They count that, 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 yeah, was, do. Four, that was 14 points. You know, the, the 74 yard play set up a touchdown two plays later. 31-yard rush was a touchdown. On the other 88 snaps, Nebraska allowed less than four snaps per game. Like, when I went back and watched the, the game again on Sunday, when I think when you watch a game in real time and, and, a, and the Penn State starts coming back, there's, like, this foreboding feeling that you watch the game with. Like, you know, you know, you, you, oh, man, I know what's going to happen here. And when I watched it again on Sunday, I actually thought like the defense played pretty darn well, like well into the third quarter and then rose up again for most of the fourth quarter when they had their backs against their own end zone. And so to me, like, yeah, yeah, they gave up a couple things in the second half and that needs to get corrected. You're not going to get away with that every week. But I thought they played pretty well overall and a lot better to the eye than what it looks like on paper when you give up 503 yards or whatever. Here's the dealio. One, one man's thought. Okay, here's the dealio. That they're going to have to play good defense. Yeah, and I'm, I, I, they're going to have to play good on special teams because they have a lot of problems on offense. I mean, a lot of problems, and they're not they're not going into Iowa and winning a shootout. I mean, yeah. there's they're not going to score 31 points in Iowa. There's no way. And you can come to me Saturday and say, "Wow, look what they did against Illinois." Sip. And I and I will say I don't care I, because I that's not a that's not a representable defense. When they play Big Ten defenses, they're going to struggle with that offense. The problems they have aren't going away overnight. They got to win with defense and special teams. Just like we all thought that Scott Frost would do when he came, <laughs> came back. <to> <laughs> Come on, man. Well, no, no, you're, you're. I'm not disagreeing with you, but like Nebraska's defense played in a manner Saturday that if Nebraska was running full power on offense, that would we would have called that a pretty good defensive performance, right? Because Nebraska probably would have been on the field a little more offensively. They would have been moving the ball. They would have scored a few more points. 
you know, and, and the same thing really against Northwestern. If that offense was running the way Scott Frost wants it to run and the way Matt Rubick wants it to run, that was a pretty good defensive performance for what they want within the framework of their team. But they don't have that right now. They don't have that. No, they offense. don't. So, they don't. You know, it's 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 Nebraska has played well in defense, and they've got it. It's exactly what you said, Sip. They've got to keep playing well because that offense just isn't there yet, and it's not a threat yet like it needs to be. So. Yeah, you're right. Nebraska's not going to win any shootouts with Iowa or anything like that. But they've got a defense at this point that they know can at least keep them in a game if, if yeah. the offense struggles a little bit. And that's that's not a bad place to start with where they're at, they're at right oh, now. Especially if they – I mean, they didn't play great on special teams. They had some issues, but it, they were pretty good on special teams, much better than they have been. Played for good sure. enough for you to give them an A. I know. Then I went back and looked at it, though. They had a couple things that weren't quite right. Um, but thank you for reading my report card. I think I asked I you read, about it. I, 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 I did read it, but I also asked you about it. on. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, Parker, I asked you if I should give them an A, and you said yes. Yeah, I thought they played well on special teams. They, I, they did, but not – What did you not like about it? Well, there's a few things. Like, I, I, wanna, I, wanna like they, about, I want to talk about. I just want to take the time to talk about special teams here because I thought it was hilarious that when Frost <laughs> talked on Monday, you led off and you went right to like, "Hey Scott, what did you think about special teams on Saturday against Illinois?" Like that's the first thing. That we and he do. didn't think they were that good. And I think some of it was like Cam Taylor, Britt. I love the aggression of him taking that ball out of the end zone on a missed field goal, but I don't. They haven't practiced it. Um, he did fumble. Um, you know, it was I don't know if it was ruled a fumble, uh, but there, there was a couple. There was a couple other things that weren't perfect. Um, I'll, I'll, on further review, I'll give him a B plus. You know, you know what? It wasn't. It wasn't an unmitigated disaster on special teams. No, no, it's a no. massive improvement over last, any literally any game from the previous two years. Yeah. First so. of all, it was an A on the curve on the Nebraska special. Yeah, there you go. There, that's and, a good way. And second of all, like I, I, so I thought that I was, I actually wrote a little bit about it today on the first, on the first three kickoffs, they had um, Connor Culp kicked off six times. And on the first three, they pinned them inside the 25, which is, you just get the ball at the 25. They'll just give it to you at the 25 at any point. So, you know, you're gaining yardage there. The punt game, you know, Jahan Dotson had a 21 yard return mm -hmm. and it wasn't perfect. Like, I don't think that Will Pristop probably hit exactly the punt he wanted to hit. It was a little bit of a, a liner, but it was over Dotson's head and it bounced back over his shoulder, like on a short hop. I have no idea how he caught it. Like a, a mere mortal, it's amazing. a mere mortal would have fumbled it. Right. And Jahan Dotson turns it into a 20 plus yard gain. And, you know, I mean, I think that's a good play right there by a, yeah. a really good. So like, I thought, I mean, I thought Cam Taylor Britt was being opportunistic on the return. As it turned out, it was an exciting play, and he brought it out to like the 34. 34. They probably would have got it on what it was a 56 yard attempt. So they would have got it on like the 39. Right. So, you know, gave up a few yards. Yeah. He gave, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I thought they played pretty well. Yeah. All right. Should we talk a little Illinois? Should we get into the hot topic here a little bit? Yeah, Let's do it. Yeah, the hot yeah, topic well. this week is <laughs> this. We don't have to shelve that one. Yeah, is this you know in the last win in last week 
Now you've got a beatable opponent this week. Is this the start of what we could call a fruitful stretch for Nebraska? Are, are the Huskers able to make hay over these next few weeks? You I'll guys just, go. I'll start and I'll keep it at two paragraphs. There's no way I could go that far and say they're going to, this is the start of a fruitful start with what I'm seeing on offense. No way. They have to, there's so much they have to solve on that side of the ball that this is a game to game situation. I feel good that they can do enough on that side of the ball against Illinois because Illinois has been terrible on defense. But when they get back to playing representable defenses, I don't know what you're going to see. I don't think the problems are going away anytime soon. So, no, I'm not, there's no way I'll say that. I think they can grind out some wins, but they're really going to have to win close and they're going to have to be really smart about it. That's it. I think if the, I think if they grind out close wins and they're smart about it, that would be the definition of a fruitful stretch for Nebraska. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. Um, And I think they're going to have an opportunity to do that. Like, are they going to, are they going to cash it in and beat Illinois and then Iowa and make it three in a row and everyone's going to be excited about it? I don't know. I mean, it's really hard to win at Kinnick and I don't think Illinois is going to be a pushover either. I mean, I think Nebraska is going to win. We'll make our predictions. Um, Vegas clearly thinks they're going to win. The line's gone from 14 to 15 and a half, uh, and the totals come down. So Vegas isn't expecting a, a nail biter by any stretch. Um, I, I actually think, I don't think they're close to having all of their problems solved on offense. I think that there's some things that are just going to take time and development, which I, I think that that's a true statement. And I can also understand if people are frustrated by that because it's year three. Um, but I think that they're close to doing a couple of things better than they've been doing them. And even a little bit better on offense is going to give them a chance to win some games down the stretch. I mean, Ohio State's not on the schedule the rest of the way. You know, you've got Illinois and then uh, Iowa and then Purdue and Minnesota. And, you know, Purdue's won some a couple of games. That's great. Iowa is a lot better than their record indicates. I mean, I, I really like the way that they've played defense so far this year. But I think that, I mean, Nebraska's got a realistic shot to win Saturday, and I'm sure that that's all they're focused on. I think they've got a realistic shot to win three or four uh, over the next four weeks. Um, and, you know, if they did that, if they did that, and it's a long way to go, obviously, I think you'd feel pretty good about it being a fruitful stretch for the program. Yeah, as, I, I think that I think that's pretty much where I'm at. You know, I, I wrote in the in my scout this week, you know, as per usual, this Nebraska can't be overlooking anybody, whether it's Illinois or Iowa or Purdue or whatever, you know, and you, you, if, if you're going to have a fruitful stretch, it starts with one fruitful game. So go out and play well against Illinois, win that game, go play well against Iowa. If you win that game, great. You've been close twice against that team. Can you get it done on the road at Kinnick? Now, obviously it's, it's different with the pandemic and no fans and all that other stuff. But if you do that, if you do those two things, if you win those two games, you go, okay, Maybe, but now I'll come home and now go to Purdue and, and win up there, which hasn't exactly been a cakewalk for you since you've joined the conference. And Minnesota's had their struggles, but they, they whipped your tail last year, you know. So it's a deal where is the potential there? Yes, but you have to you have to have fruitful, you know, drives and fruitful plays and fruitful halves and then a fruitful game and then another fruitful game. And then you can start talking about is this a fruitful stretch? So 
this is a program right now where it's about it's about incremental steps. And like you said, Parker, nobody wants to maybe hear that, but that's that's the truth of the matter right now. So could it be? Yes, but it starts with having a good, you know, first drive against Illinois and then a good first half and then a good game and go from there. Last year if they win, if they win four in a row, I'll bring you I'll bring fruit baskets to both of your homes. A corn I would like I would like one of those one of the, what are those called? The chocolate covered fruit baskets. Those are so yes. good. Okay, that you get, that's what you'll have. I'd like you to Grapes. sing to me when you bring it, too. At your door, I will sing Jingle Bells. Oh, my God. I'm writing this down. I will uh, sing Jingle Bells. <laughs> Jingle Bells with a fruit basket. Yes. Um, last year, last year it, wasn't, it wasn't a completely dissimilar spot. It was earlier in the year, obviously, when Nebraska played Illinois, but they're coming off uh, – you know, they smoked Northern Illinois after the, after the loss of Colorado. And it was the week before Ohio state. And it was like, I think people thought, Hey, you go beat it, you know, beat the crap out of Illinois. You're going to feel pretty good going into a big game against Ohio state. And what happened? Uh, the, the running back for Illinois ripped off a 66 yard touchdown run on the second play of the game. And then mm-hmm. Illinois was up 14 to nothing, seven minutes in. So yeah. And, and, and Nebraska was chasing the whole game until the fourth quarter. So to me, like, it's all well and good to talk about, you know, yeah, it could be a momentum shifter or whatever, but um, you better not, you know, you give up a bust early and that just changes the whole complexion of a game. So, uh, you know, you got to start, got to start fast. Yes, for sure. Should we, uh, should we give a couple of predictions and then maybe get, talk some hoops? And get yes. 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 I'll go first. Do you want me to go first? Sure. Yes. All right. Well, I said last week that until Nebraska win a game, wins a game, I can't pick them to win a game. And they won a game, so I'm going to predict them to win another game. Um, Illinois' defense is really bad. Um, there's, there's no arguing that. Nebraska has better talent, certainly, than Rutgers, who probably should have beaten Illinois last week until they threw a couple picks in the fourth quarter. I think they've got some confidence coming off that win. The defense played, like we said, they did enough to win that game for Nebraska. I think you see Luke McCaffrey take another step forward against a against a less a less robust defense, and and I think Nebraska hits a couple chunk plays. I think Nebraska gets up early, and I think it kind of turns into like kind of what we've seen from this series the last few years. Nebraska kind of gets up a couple scores, and it just kind of stays there, you know, the rest of the game. So I think Nebraska wins thirty-four to twenty. Ooh, ooh, very very close to what I was going to pick. I don't. I. I think I, I. do not like Nebraska to cover, at all. Uh, I think they can get to thirty-one with help from their defense. Don't do it. Don't take my score, Sipple. Don't take my okay, score. I already See, put it. I already put it in the game. On. Don't take my score. This is super fun because I want to take your score. God. <laughs> um, the drama. Uh, I think Nebraska can get to thirty-one, but they're going to need help from the defense to get there. I think they can hold you. Illinois to 24, 31 to 24. 31-23. Wow. You, you did not take my score. You did not take my score, but you right, almost Parker? took my score. Yeah, I, I already – yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow I've taught you well, Parker. I've taught um, you well. And I'll, I'll – this, this, this is why I think that. I, I told Sipple this a couple of weeks ago. I – so I started on the beat in 2017, so my fourth year picking games for – uh, you know, picking Nebraska games last week against Penn state, 
was the first time I'd ever got one wrong by picking Nebraska to lose. So <laughs> that was the first time I picked Nebraska to lose a game and they won one. So um, I interesting. I tend to think that um, that they're just better than Illinois, um, and I think that they'll play for the most part a little bit freer with the weight of a win off their back. Um, I, I do think that that can happen, but I don't think we've seen enough to suggest that they're just going to come out, play really clean, destroy a team, and then stay on the gas and, and pull away from them. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's sort of like if you're a Nebraska fan, if you if at some point you think like this is sort of frustratingly close. It's that class. It's a classic game. Like that's it's yeah. the classic game. Yeah. But I I guess I would be surprised if Nebraska was like really really threatened late in the game. I, but I don't think they can pull away either. I'll be surprised if they do. Yeah. Yeah. I think okay. I think it's some. I think it's something like twenty to seven at halftime, and then both teams just kind of score a couple touchdowns in the second half. Like it I mean, Nebraska, really- look, Nebraska is like they led Ohio State for a while in the first half and yeah. then they led Northwestern at halftime and going into half, you're like, Holy cow. I mean, I played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the first half hasn't been the problem. It's all the stuff after that. Yeah. Interesting. It'll be, in, it'll be interesting. We say that every week. I feel like you guys want to talk some hoops real quick. Yeah. Speaking of yeah. interesting, speaking of interesting, um, Actually, while we were talking here, we got another non-conference game uh, confirmed Ooh. for the Huskers. Uh, South really? Dakota coming to Lincoln December 1st. Um, South Dakota, of course, features former Husker Brady Hyman on their roster. Former UNK Loper Cannon Coster is on that roster. And Husker walk-on legend Johnny Trueblood is a grad assistant for uh, South Dakota this year. So some connections there. We're kind of getting piece by piece the non-conference figured out. Looks like they're going to open November 25th with McNeese State. McNeese State has that game on their website. It uh, hasn't been officially announced yet. You've got the two games in the MTE. Um, we don't know who those are for sure yet. We've got South Dakota. You're probably looking at playing Creighton. Uh, Fred Hoiberg said he's pretty confident they'll play that game. So that gets you to two, four. That gets you to five. And then there's a couple more out there. We'll see what they end up being. You, you probably, you're probably looking at a couple you know, low major type games to, to get some of your younger guys some runs. So we're, it's kind of piecing together slowly, but surely it's, it's taken a little longer, I think, because the Big Ten uh, announced their conference schedule uh, this afternoon, about uh, two hours ago uh, or so. And it, it's, it's interesting because Nebraska starts conference play December 21st. They're playing a road game at Wisconsin. They're actually playing three conference games in December. The games are kind of spread out a little bit more than they might normally be. Um, you're not you're not really playing a back-to-back ever until you get to the conference tournament. So Nebraska opens at Wisconsin. Then then the interesting one, they play Christmas Day at home against Michigan. So you're going to see a few Christmas Day games uh, out of the Big Ten this year. Well, so slowly but surely, turkey to, a Christmas turkey to all the all the media there. Oh uh, my my wife's going to be so fired up like they're playing on Thanksgiving Day, they're playing on Christmas Day, they're playing on Valentine's Day. Like it's all the holidays are, are going to be great. Of. It's going to be great. So we're getting there slowly but surely. And I know that's funny to say with the season. The season starts a week from today. Actually, Nebraska might be playing as we speak a week from today. So I'll be darned. I'll be darned. I'll be gosh darned. How about no. that? So, I mean, look, the, 
it's going to be a meat grinder like it always is in the Big Ten. You look at Nebraska's schedule, it's at Wisconsin, it's Michigan, at Ohio State, Michigan State, at Purdue, Indiana, Illinois. That's how they start. And those are basically all the top ten. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> you know what's yeah. funny about that? You know what's funny about that, Chris, is like I started looking through that. I saw a couple of tweets about how hard Nebraska's like first stretch of the schedule was. And I started looking through it. I was like, holy cow, this is this is brutal. But then you just look through all 20. They're all like that. That's yeah. just what it's like in the Big Ten. It's just like yeah, I looked at I looked at Minnesota's and went, oh man. Yeah, I looked at Minnesota's. I'm going, Minnesota could be like 0 and 10 in the Big Ten. <laughs> it, 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 like every but you look, they're all like that. Like that's just the way it is in this conference. Nebraska's gonna be a lot better. I think we all agree on that. They're gonna be more athletic, more physical, deeper, all those things. But what does it mean, you know, in the Big Ten? Uh it's it's just gonna be such a such a grind. It can't can they take a jump and, and get up into that, you know, 9, 10, 11 range as opposed to finishing DFL like they did last year? We'll see. But we're getting there. Uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, really anxious to see the opener uh, against McNeese State and to see what this looks like just because there hasn't been, there hasn't been the close scrimmage. You know, there hasn't been a, you know, a midnight madness type of event or anything like that. Nebraska's had one scrimmage in PBA. That was private. They're scrimmaging tomorrow and Friday. Don't think they're going to allow anybody in for that. So it's it, there's just a lot of interest there, and it, there's a lot of interest to see what Nebraska can get done in the in the non-conference before they get to, to this conference. Like, because it's I mean it's it's just brutal. And it's brutal for everybody, but it, it's also brutal for a Nebraska team trying to kind of move forward from from last year. Yes, the thing I'll be watching. Are they, how are they at the rim? What, what, what defined last year to me with Nebraska is how many shots they got blocked and how demoralizing that must have been for, for those guys. I, I don't think you could make enough of that. I mean, it's, they, they, they would, they, they got so many shots blocked. They missed so many shots at the rim. And then the, then the team gets going back the other way with numbers. And it, it was untenable most of the time. Can they finish? Do they have enough size and athleticism to not get so many shots blocked? It was ridiculous. No, and, and you look at – if you go look at average height, uh, uh, which is a stat that, that Ken Palm has on his website, Nebraska's uh-huh. going to go going to go from being one of the smallest teams in the Big Ten to ma- being maybe the biggest across is that the right? Just is that in terms right? Of, just in terms of pure height. You know, yeah, that's good. And, and you kind of you kind of look at the roster and you get that with the guys that are going to be out there. It's going to be a lot of six seven, six eight, six nine. You know, across the board, it's not going to be six foot, six one, six two. You know, guys that are listed at six eight but are closer to six four. You know, it's not going to be stuff like that. It's going to be legit no. height. But yeah, like you said, Sip, can they finish at the rim? Can they shoot well enough from three point range that too, to give themselves too. opportunities yeah. at the rim? You know, yeah. and that's maybe. My big, I think they are going to be a lot better at the rim, both protecting it and scoring at the rim. But are they going to be able to open defenses up enough with the shooting to, to get opportunities there? Um, they were able to create some opportunities last year and couldn't shoot a lick from outside for the most part. So we'll see what it looks like. The shooting is the biggest question mark for me. If they can get Thor Thorbjarnison to shoot like he did last year, if Kobe Webster's game can translate, if you can get Trey McGowan's lap my end to, to take a step forward with their shooting which by all accounts, Lat Mayan has done that. Then maybe you got something, and maybe they they pick off a few teams. I forget what the exact number is, but I think Nebraska lost seven or eight conference games last year by eight points or less. And with the roster they have this year, 
a lot of those losses maybe turned to, turned to wins, you know, and that's not, that gets you to, you know, seven, eight, nine wins in the conference, which if you're close to 500 in the big 10, you're doing pretty good, you know, especially if you're in Nebraska. So yeah, it's just fascinating to see what it's going to look like just because it's going to be so different from last year. And last year was so different from the year before, of course, with the, with the coaching team. So it's really like watching a brand new team all over. again. And hey, who knows wanted- what, go ahead. Go ahead. No, well, I'm just saying, oh, you know, they're on a 17 game losing streak, right? As yes. a program. They won seven games. You have to, as a program, I don't think you can, you, I don't know how it would be going forward if you have back to back disasters. I don't, I don't think you want to mess with that. And so I, it'd be good if they could get to 10, I would think. Could they get to 10 in the conference? Is that asking way too much? It's asking a lot, I think. I, I mean, there's some places that are saying there's going to be 10, 12 teams from the Big Ten that make the NCAA tournament, you know? So maybe, so if, maybe if you get to 10, you're making the NCAA tournament. Like, that's that's just the, the crux of it. You seven know? and 13, six and 14? Yeah, they can absolutely do that, and I think okay. they will do that. You know, it's just a matter of what is everybody else in front of them doing? You know, it's who's going to come back to them? You know, I, we know Iowa's going to be elite. Illinois is going to be elite. Wisconsin's going to be really good. You know, Michigan State's always really good. Michigan's got a ton of talent, maybe some question marks. Indiana should be okay. You know, you can go down the list and name every team and say why they should win a lot of games. You know, even Northwestern, who's got everybody back from a Do they really? Yeah. And so – yeah, I mean, it's just it's just so hard to say other than the fact that we can say we know it's going to be really hard and who knows how many of these games they'll even play. You know, are they going to play if Nebraska does play all 20 of its conference games? I think that'd be a pretty good accomplishment, you know, so considering the football teams already had one game canceled, you know, are, how are we going to get through an entire basketball season without something like that? So, yeah, there's there's just so many question marks right now. And. And yes. what's the starting lineup? That's a question. What is it? Hit it. It's Delano Banton. It's Trey McGowan's. Um, it's Ivan Wadrogo. It's um, it's um, Lat Mayan and it's Teddy Allen. I think those are your five guys. Yep, I think that's right. And it's interesting because you say who's the starting lineup and, and Fred Hoiberg, I thought struck an interesting tone the other day. He talked about who's going to be on the court to finish games, you know, like who, who's he going to trust in the last four minutes when they need it. And maybe that's a different group that starts, you know, maybe, maybe Kobe Webster's out there instead, or, or Thor Thor Bjarnerson's out there instead. We don't know. So Neil. I, I think that's, and that's kind of the way I look at it too. Starting the game's great and all that, but whatever, but show me who's out there when it's a six point game with four minutes left. I want to know who the guys are in that situation. So everybody wants to know the starters. I think we probably all have a pretty good idea of what they are, but I want to know who's going to be out there the last three or four minutes when they, when they need to close the game out. Yeah. But stars are stars for a reason. I mean, that's yeah, that's true. They're, you're right. You're right. But the guys that are on the court at the end are on the court for at the end for a reason too. Yeah, true. Well, you can you go like both. starters or finishers. Yeah, I like finishers. <laughs> I like closers. I like winners. That's what I like. You know what I like, Steve? I like winners. What? It, what, what, Chris? <laughs> winners. Winners. I like winners. winners. Yeah. Yeah. Hail, hail yes. Hail yeah. All right, boys. Anything else you guys want to talk about while we're here? Mm, not really. I got to get right. <laughs> probably getting close to bedtime for you, isn't it, old man? It's past six <laughs> wow. It's wow. dark out. Wow. <laughs> do we have to do wow. that? I mean, well, it's pitch dark. Wow. I, don't, I don't know. You seem a little cranky. I'm just asking. <laughs> I seem a little cranky. Like, just watch little wheel, wheel of fortune and doze off in the chair. <laughs>
I don't that was uncalled to... for. That was uncalled for. I'm sorry. I don't watch Wheel of Fortune. I told no, Simple, you know I told Simple yesterday that I need to be a little bit uh, more more aware of not disrespecting my elders. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we should all be more aware of it. That doesn't mean we have to stop doing it. Right. You frequently say, "Come on, old man." Um, that uh, yeah, it's okay though. I'm fine with it. <laughs> all right, guys. Appreciate yeah, good job. That was fun. Yeah, that was, it was good that was talk. Fun. That was a good one. Uh, we want to thank Tom Dinsdale Automotive, Grand Island Hastings, once again, for sponsoring the podcast. Um, check them out if you're out in that area. We thank him as always. Uh, another interesting game this weekend. We'll have some hoops to talk about next week. Yes. Uh, we'll have a Thanksgiving yes. pod next week. So Ooh. until then, we'll talk to you soon.